リンクスタート先輩先輩キツライダイオディズリスコミラビンオンハダイシステイウェットホーシャディソコワイエウェダイフォーハーライデンワチンタイオーデンタイウェッAnd welcome into another riveting edition of the Anime Senpai Podcast. Not only is this my favorite time of the week, not only is this the time we all stand up together, bang our chests like we're about to brigade into the future society of anime viewership, but we're also here to not only talk about the greatness of entertainment all around us, we're here to pull out our crowns, put it on our head, and gallivant into the future, letting the world know who we are and why we are here. This is the greatest time of the day, and I'm so thankful that every single one of you are here to stay. At least for a little while. <laughs> My name's Alex Dyesher, and if you are not aware, this is the Anime Senpai Podcast, one of the only simulcast podcasts in the entire world where every single Sunday, not only do I live record every single podcast I do, but I also make sure to give you guys all the love, the passion, and affection. So take all of it and all my positivity because no matter where you guys go in life, no matter where you end up, know that there is always a brighter day. And the best part is nothing lasts forever. Enjoy the moment, enjoy the people you're with, and enjoy walking because gosh darn it, those who enjoy walking are going to go farther than people trying to get to the destination. That's a hot take. <laughs> So, welcome in everybody who's joining me live on TikTok and Twitch. It's an honor to be here, and it's always a fun time because the ever expanding world of Senpai is always engaging, always vibrating, and always kind of finding some way, somehow, to make certain people mad. Shoutouts to Nine, Senpai 2.0. But it's always fun because it's always lighthearted, and always know this because this is a very important PSA announcement. Play the sounder! Ladies and gentlemen, if there is a take or an opinion I have on a show, On a character or on a perspective of life that you don't agree with or that you yourself do not、uh, like or even mesh with, or it might go over your head. No, none of it is done with malice. None of it is done to change your mind in absolutely no way and supercalifragilisticexpialidociously.、Uh, super、I'm not trying to do anything outside of giving you guys a good time, entertaining you, and having fun. So, make sure you have fun with me too. And use the passion and all the romance that you feel when we talk about things to bring out the best in all of us. So, welcome in again.、Uh, there's a lot of things that have been happening, and there's a lot of new segments that I want to start implementing in the Anime Senpai podcast. So, there's a lot of things I think that will slowly grow as time moves on, and we will slowly get better with it. But you may see me sweating my balls off today because, again, we were hit with another heat wave out here in California. And you guys already know I close my window. I have no AC on. I have a light beaming LED light beam on top of me to light my face up for all this, my face for all this stream. So enjoy the sweating with me for hopefully a couple more <laughs> weeks because it gets hot and I really enjoy my Saitama training course. Probably going to have some live streams coming up soon with me working out at the gym because why not bring you guys with me and maybe inspire you along the way. One new segment I would like to start adding as we move forward with this adventure together 
is I want to start talking about animes of the week. And I think this is important because as we've been doing anime news as well, I think it's really cool to start talking about certain animes and highlighting them for you because that's what I've been doing so well on TikTok. I give you guys lists of a plethora of different shows, whether it be from a certain type of subgenre, category, or even just downright good-looking women. We will do a pink-haired waifu one soon, nine. Don't trip. <laughs> but the best part is I want to keep giving you more. So what we're going to start for the first time here, and in a long time, first time, long time, I want to do the first ever anime of the week. Y'all want something new to watch. Already seen Boku no people. Don't trip. Anime Senpai has the show of the week coming in hot. So sit back, crack a brewski, and get the popcorn ready because it's time for the anime of the week. The first ever show I want to shout out here on the Anime Senpai Anime of the Week is none other than Ori Suki. Uh, are you the only one who loves me? Now this show, the first episode alone is going to captivate you. This is the only show, and I quite literally mean the only show where Bench Coon is a pivotal anime character, okay? The high school bench has murked more people's love lives than I can even fathom or even able to in my entire lifetime. Orisuki was one of those shows that came out. It was a random release in a new season when it was uh, out and prevalent. I had no idea about it, never heard about it, watched nothing about it. The first episode, Captivate Me. <laughs> it is a rom-com slice of life comedy to its fullest attribute. And the funnest thing about this show, if you haven't seen it, I will try to incentivize you to maybe add this to your list. And let me tell you why. The main character is very plain looking. He almost can resemble a Kirito, any high school student that just has kind of that scene, black hair, longer, tall, a little bit slender. And of course, sometimes they're not always the most popular. Sometimes they're not also the most clever. But this man, the dialogue he has in his head, and also the depiction of what he wishes to accomplish in this one, this is not your average harem. This is not your average comedy. This is one of those shows where you're gonna get so divisively, instinctively laughing out loud to hilarious moments. This guy has a girl who is so into him, he's not into her. She's a girl that has glasses, her hair kinda up. She's the one that's in the bottom half of this picture I'm showing all of you. This girl is probably one of the most beautiful girls you will see in an anime. Her glow up is unbelievable. And for some reason in anime, I still don't understand this, how is it that just glasses and a ponytail and a covering shirt can make you look like a different person? I'm not too sure. Maybe I'm just not as hip or keen to it, but whatever. Her freaking costume depiction is immaculate because nobody knows who she is. She turns into a completely different girl. And let's just say the fun is not only ensuing and seeing how our main character will maybe fall for her, but she is so sadistic and she's very quirky with her thoughts. But the coolest thing about this show and it's another reason why I myself am in such a fan about Spice and Wolf and love that genre and that whole category is because of the soon dear, but also the witty, sarcastic banter. The comedy is so effing good. Again, there is a bench that has murked more people's love life than anybody will be able to ever do. So shout outs again. The show is called 
Orisuki. You can watch it on Crunchyroll, probably other places as well. They also have an OVA movie. It's kind of like a long episode, and it is canon. It is so well done. I loved the show. I give it a strong 8 out of 10 as a rating, and you guys will love it again because if you're looking for something a little different on that rom-com high school kind of a setting, do not look farther than Orisuki. I have a hard time believing that Benchkun will not develop into your favorite secondary character. So, I had to start with that. I had to shout it out. I think it is so fun because it is one of those shows that will catch you off guard. And I promise you guys this, you will laugh at least once. <laughs> so, that's just a show I had to shout out real quick. And that is our first ever anime of the week. So now... We must move forward, and we must touch on a couple of anime news topics before we get into the top 10 list of the greatest animes to me. <laughs> it's my personal top 10 favorite anime list, and I know it's going to be different because you guys will see in today's podcast that there's a difference between the greatest and your favorite. I'll break this down more, but just remember, those are two completely different things, but they can also be together if you would like them to be. So we'll get to that soon, but first... We must get to all the anime news. I've never been on live television before. Had your kids, had your wife, and had your husband. Don't watch the news. Ain't nobody got time for that. Great story, compelling and rich. Because I'm a kid, and apparently every time Grandpa just gives me the remote after we watch the Powerball. Something that I don't mean to tell myself, but I did call it. So everybody who's in here on TikTok and also on Twitch, we did ourselves an entire fall season preview, right? In the fall season, we went through all the shows that caught my eye. We talked about a lot of the new upcoming shows that I think are going to be something you should put on your watch list. But something I did that most people were not really talking about yet is I said, and I went on a limb and told you what the anime of the season's going to be weeks before any of the shows were released. What I have in front of me, and if you're listening to the podcast, I do apologize, you have no idea what I'm talking about. I went and found, shout outs to Anime News Network. This is a list of the average Japanese household rating for watching the, the episode, the show, as it's showing live, okay? Number one and two are one of those shows that are always top because there's so many kids out in Japan. It's always Detective Conan and also Sazia-san. And that one is the top two. The first one, Sazia-san has a 7.9, which is incredible. And then the other one has a 6.9. Now, number three is the show I said to keep your eye on. Freerin, with their two-hour special, had a 6.8 rating in Japan. Just to give you an idea of how crazy that is, the newest One Piece episode got a 3.2, okay? And that's One Piece, One Piece. They were the third highest rated watched anime in the entire country. That is unbelievable. And I also have said this before, and I still stand by this and mean this, if you are honored and privileged enough to find yourself a first episode into a show that makes it into a special, I'm sure a lot of you watched that Idol one that we just had not too long ago, that their entire prequel starting episode was a movie and wasn't even part of the whole show yet. Freerin is going to be that show. Freerin is going to staple itself as one of the all-time good shows from this year. And now I'm going to make another statement. Are you guys ready? Depending how this goes and depending 
how a lot of things move forward. I would not doubt that Freerin will win at least one, two, one to two awards in the upcoming Crunchyroll award show next year. I have no doubt Freerin will win one to two awards. I can't go on a limb and say anime of the year because we all know that Attack on Titan is coming to an end next month. And we also know we had some big things happening in Jujutsu Kaisen and a lot of other great animes that come out this year. We still have a whole entire another season. I'm not going to go that extreme, but I will tell you, I feel strong about this. You will see Freerin as a nominated show. This proves it yet again that this show is something different. This show is special. And if you still have no idea what Freerin is, go watch it. It's out now and it's on for this season. Had to shout that out. That was one of the first news things that I was actually so yoked about when I saw it and I couldn't wait to talk about with all of you guys. Now the next one, this one is kind of interesting. The next news article I wanna present to you guys and talk about for a little bit is that Castlevania, if you've never seen it, we can argue or disagree about anime all day if Castlevania's an anime, but I wanna talk about the fact that Nocturne it's getting its own second season now. It's continuing. If you guys haven't seen it yet, this spinoff show, welcome in, I appreciate you so much. This spinoff series, Nocturne, which is a part of the lineage to Castlevania, you guys have to remember, there are not a lot of good anime shows out there outside of Japan. A lot of animation studios have a very hard time capturing the essence and also making themselves top tier and prestigious. That's why certain ones, like for example, Arcane, which was League of Legends, nobody expected that to be good. There's a reason why Dota didn't do well. It wasn't that well done, but Arcane did it. Castlevania is one of those again. They did it so effing well Y'all are sleeping on this series. If you still haven't started Castlevania or even give it the love it, and passion it deserves, their spinoff series is effing good. I don't know if you've seen it. I don't even know if you've known about it, but Nocturne is going to get its second season now and it's very well done. You will love it. Do yourself a favor. Go put this on your watch list. It's a Netflix exclusive. I'm so incorporated by it and I love it because they did something about the vampire age and made it so adult oriented and made it so actual dark and corroded. When you watch this and get introduced to some of the characters, like, dude, I, I hope you guys don't even know, but the fact like when you get introduced to Dracula, Trevor Belmont, which I'm sure a lot of ladies out there would love to know Trevor Belmont in their life, but Alcard, what a cool character in class. This show's dope. Do yourself a favor, go check it out. Had to announce and let you guys know the second season is going to be, it's going to come out eventually. It was announced. Another one. Shout out to all the One Piece fans out there. Finally, Monkey D. Luffy is going to make his first ever debut at the upcoming Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. Now, if you're not privy to it and have never heard of the Macy's Parade, what it is, it's one of those huge parades that goes right down downtown. I believe it's in New York. I don't know if they've moved it around since I've actually even watched it. But they're going to have, for the first ever time, a 50-foot Monkey D. Luffy inflatable, I guess you could say just floats, flying through in the parade. It's so cool because they're finally joining the prestigious level of Goku from Dragon Ball Z and also Pikachu and Eevee. Super dope. I had to ha shout that out because I think people still are not very aware or privy to the fact that anime is blowing up. Like anime is growing such an abundant amount of rate that even the normies now are very questionable about what anime is. Like I've actually heard a lot of people, and I really mean this when I say this, there has been a lot of people I've talked to 
that have never watched anime and they're actually starting to see billboards they're starting to hear about their friends and families going to conventions they're starting to see these titles at movie theaters so they're questioning and the fact that luffy for the first time ever is going to be flying at this parade very dope very excited and had to shout them out and of course we all know but i didn't put it on here because i just kind of wanted to briefly touch on it we are less than a month away from attack on titan finally completing its final season final part episode three of the final continuation of the season preview of the everlasting godstopper of attack on titan we're one month away ladies and gentlemen attack on titan is about to finally end and if you guys still have not understood what i'm saying let me make sure i back up stand up open my window because i want to make sure everybody outside hears this when i say this attack on titan is going to become the greatest anime ever made. I don't know what else to tell you. They've even announced now that the creator of Attack on Titan has, I think he said that there's going to be a 24, no, excuse me, 16 new pages coming out in 2024. Why? What does that mean? Is there something else going on within this series? Is it the fact that the ending is so hated and has created so much controversy that now he is doing something else with the story? We don't know. All we know is it's coming to an end. I've predicted that next month there will be something anime-only oriented within it. I could be wrong, but hey, I'm still going out on a limb. We're going to miss Attack on Titan. The fact that they announced they're doing something else with the manga series, I'm very curious if he's going to do what they did with Neon Genesis and possibly change the ending because they didn't like how people reacted to it. I hope not. I personally believe, and I don't know what all of you guys think, but I personally believe that when an anime series has a lot of bias or an anime series ends very controversial, that shows distinguished writing. If all of us agree on it, is it really that good? Do you see what I'm saying? Haven't you ever wondered why so many people hate on the ending of Darling in the Franks? Oh, it was rushed. Oh, they just kind of threw everything in there. Oh, they kind of just ended it in abruptly and didn't even make any sense. What if the ending wasn't the part of the show? What if the destination was never the reachable goal we were trying to obtain? What if it was always the adventure? And Zero Two finding out she wanted to accept herself rather than being human the whole time. What if in Attack on Titan, this entire adventure has always been Eden Jaeger trying to find self? Because this is such a crazy adventure, we'll talk about it more. We're gonna have to break it down now that we have finished all of the news, we finally welcomed you all in. We talked about the first ever anime of the week, which was Orisuki, by the way. You can watch it on Crunchyroll. It's officially time to get into on paper and here now in 2023 for the first time ever senpai's favorite anime shows now i thought about doing this a lot of different ways i really sat here and thought to myself what would be the best way to go through every single show and to give you guys everything but also at a level of suspense so could i put it in a tier bracket and then level them as we go sure i could have done that but that wouldn't leave you with suspense. So what I ended up doing is I have a website open for every individual show, and we're gonna go from 10 to one. 
And keep in mind again, PSA, and this is a little bit of an open thing for everybody too, a little bit of spoilers will be in each show we talk about because I need to explain to you all why these shows are not only my favorite, but why these shows have done something to earn their place in my top 10 favorite shows of all time. And it's going to be very powerful and probably going to put you guys on a couple shows that you maybe have been questioning or at the very least need a little bit more of like kind of a, a, a push in the right direction to watch them again. So welcome in. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. Everybody on TikTok, come to the Twitch side. It's much better and the family's great. Let's start now, ladies and gentlemen, with number 10. And keep in mind again, everybody out there, PSA, your favorite anime does not mean it has to be the greatest anime. Okay, there are two separate categories for that. It doesn't mean that the best animes you've ever seen can not only be those animes. The greatest shows you've ever seen are also eligible to be your favorite shows. That's all right. That's quite all right. I've said it before. I'll say it again. You guys will already know the number one for the next list for the top 10 greatest animes I've ever seen in my life. The best of the best shows still to this day, Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood is number one. It could be overtaken by Attack on Titan and also plenty of more shows as they're releasing. But to this day, Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood is the most succinct and complete, perfected episode, uh, anime-wise, from an episodic viewpoint, from directional standpoint, from the evolution of the character growth, the perspective of the world-building, the element side, the protagonist, the antagonist, the secondary characters, perfection, right? But let's go into my favorite shows, and this will probably give you all a little bit better understanding as to who I am, because I have said this in the Twitch side before we started recording tonight, if I challenge all of you, and I do, I think all of you should do this because I think this will proactively help you have a better understanding of your type of genre and animes you like, I challenge all of you to do this tonight. Join the Discord and post it because I would like to see all of your favorite shows. I want all of you to come up with your own top 10 favorite anime lists. I know it's tough. I know it might be hard and challenging, but remember... These are going to show who you are. They're a representation of your personality. They're a representation of your succinct ability in the things you love, in what you look for in shows. What's your favorite genre? Are you someone that's more cultured and is fluid within all the different type of atmospheres within anime, or are you just a diehard shonen fan? There's a spot for everybody, but your list will tell you a lot about yourself. So... Let's not waste any more time, and let's start with the first on this list at number 10. At number 10 is Steins Gate. Now, Steins Gate is one of those shows I was instantly intrigued by because of the depth amount of ability this show had. Steins Gate, if you don't know this, is the only show at this moment that I have watched that has a completely different spin-off series called Steins Gate Zero that is on the same storyline, but on a different perspective of time and the fluidity of what happens within it. If you've never seen Steins Gate, I'm about to put y'all on game as I take a little schwitz of water here. Steins Gate is a timeline anime. Steins Gate is a show that goes through so many levels of the butterfly effect and its ability to change the story based off of simple text messages and green bananas. There have been so many people I've talked to about Steinsgate, and they tell me it's too convoluted for them. And I question, how did you get lost? 
What about Steinsgate is too confusing for you to enjoy? What about Steinsgate is too hard to understand? The main character, Okabe, which is the mad scientista, is trying to challenge science and reality. And in doing so, he was trying to create somewhat of a time machine. What's up? Welcome to the Twitch family. Everybody on TikTok, come join the Twitch side. I appreciate you so much. Thank you. Thank you. The thing is, though, with Okabe, he was challenging the reality of changing life itself and the timeline. Well, enter in Kurisu, who's also a lot of people's favorite waifu, also one of the top favorite characters of a lot of people. Kurisu is an absolute genius and she helps with that little missing piece to help use this microwave bananas and a cell phone to send text messages into the past or future but in doing so it alters the timeline i'm sure a lot of you have heard of the mandela effect right mandela is a prominent political figure who Tens of thousands of people woke up calling news stations, calling into their different offices and stuff saying, what happened to Mandela? Where is he? What happened? Because all these people thought something happened to him, but it never happened. But everybody was sharing the same ideology and belief of something that passed that never happened. That's called the Mandela effect. That's the same kind of terminology here in this show. In this show, what's up? Welcome in. Thank you so much for the follow on Twitch. I appreciate you. Steinsgate captures that. Steinsgate is where somebody sends a text message either to themselves or to somebody else, but in doing so, it sends a ripple in through the timeline. And as it sends it through, it creates two separate realities. One event, the choice you have, creates two separate ones. So if I asked all of you tonight, should I continue streaming or should I stop? Based on that question now, there are two separate outcomes. Either I continue streaming or I stop. The same thing happens in Steinsgate, but there are so many layers that it brackets out to. It gets so crazy. Now Okabe has to go back and correct every single glitch in the matrix to get back to where he is to save somebody he loves. Because two women are very close to Okabe and both of them, lives are in jeopardy. And that's not even adding in the crazy effect of these government officials, maybe future time travelers as well, an upcoming war that they're trying to stop from happening. There are so many interesting things within Steinsgate. You are doing yourself a disservice, and I truly mean this when I say this. You are doing yourself a great disservice if you don't watch Steinsgate. And then after you finish Steinsgate, you go watch Steinsgate Zero, which is based on an alternate perspective of the timeline, which we've enjoyed already, but seeing a completely different side to it. Sensationally told, the story itself is poetically built up. And I mean this when I say this, when you first hear for the first time, it's going to carry with you. You're going to love this show. And trust me, it's not like Dr. Stone, scientifical-wise, but you will gain a whole new appreciation for science and the life you live. Because as soon as it's altered and changed, the grass isn't greener on the other side, my friends. This show captured it. And it's crazy to say, when I looked at all of my favorite shows ever, that Steinsgate was at number 10. Steinsgate almost didn't make my list. And that's crazy because it's always going to be one of my favorite shows I've ever watched. So, Steinsgate is at number 10. Now, as we continue with this and we keep moving forward with all of the shows, just remember this. 
This is a representation of my all-time favorite shows I've ever seen. This does not make them the greatest, but trust me, all 10 of these are bangers. <laughs> so, at number nine, this is a new show I recently started watching, and I'm a little upset at myself because a lot of the time within life, so many great shows from our past tend to move further away from us. And I'm sure you understand why I say that, because as we move forward, just like within the fall season right now, there are a plethora amount of new anime series, as well as continuations from different type of shows we already love, and some that are so good, they're on their fifth, sixth season, or again, like Attack on Titan, they're about to end a 13-year journey. Mushishi is a show from the past I am very disappointed in myself that I didn't watch sooner. Mushishi is a show based on something called Mushi. The secret energy force, these entities and beings of life that are not only within every attribute around us, they are literally sitting in this room with me right now. I just can't see them because I'm a muggle. <laughs> no, it's not because I'm a muggle. Mushi are the level of life and these entities that we don't know or understand. Well, Ginkgo, this main character in this show, he is the Mushi master. Think of him as Yoda, and he is just the master of the force, right? The thing, though, with Ginkgo, not only do you not really get a lot of his backstory until the end of the first season, the type of invo uh, involvement this story has is breathtaking. Every single episode is episodic, but at the same time, every episode is connected to the Mushi and having you understand more of the complexities of why the world is distraught and so many people are suffering from so many ailments, which almost makes you look at the life we live in today. You know, it's just like, huh, maybe this radiation isn't good for us. Maybe I should hold my phone a little away from me when I'm talking, you know, like we don't understand things we can't see. This show... Not only has one of the most beautiful OPs you guys will listen to, the OP was made specifically for this show. It's in English, and the thing that's so cool about it too is, it's like welcoming you into a fantasy. It's almost like a nostalgic factor to a show you have never seen in your life. Or at least you think. Because again, who knows what timeline we're on right now. You know what I'm saying? Mushi are some of the most interesting creatures in the world. There are some that are affecting children, adults, families, villages, and all of them are just simply trying to survive, and most of the time, a lot of them become parasites to the hosts that they are attached to. Ginkgo is an expert, and not only does he help all of them fight them, you get to see the depth of the story that's involved with Ginkgo, the type of Mushi involved with everybody, and I mean this when I say this, I have a newfound respect four episodic shows just from this show. I've seen a bunch of them. I've seen Cowboy Bebop. I've seen Samurai Champlo. There are so many shows out there that are episodic, but this one captures it perfectly. If you're in for a retro vibe, a show that was back in the early 2000s, this is for you. And I mean this when I say this, I fall asleep to this show a lot now. There have been so many nights when I'm ready to go to bed and I want to throw on an anime, but I don't want to watch it because I don't want to miss anything. Mushishi is my go-to now. It used to be Spice and Wolf. Now it's Mushishi. Do yourself a favor. Go back and watch the beauty of hand-drawn anime. Do yourself a favor and go back and watch anime before it was popular. Go back and watch an anime from a type of genre series that most people do not respect enough and one that is also going to change your perspective of how you view shows as well. 
And I promise again, you will really fall in love with this show. If you're on the Twitch side right now, anybody on TikTok, come over to Twitch. My Twitch family, there's been a lot of people I've put onto Mushishi. I'm sure all of them can vouch for this. This is it. This is unique. And this is such a beautifully told show. And there's continuations of it too. There's a second season and there's also a movie. So there's a lot for you to enjoy. Don't say Senpai didn't tell you. So for the top 10 so far, we went through 10 and 9. At number 10 was Steinsgate. At number 9 was Mushishi. Now at number 8, a newer show that kind of gripped me the moment I saw it. Ancient Magus Bride. If you guys are unprivy to this, if you guys have no idea why the fantasy genre is one of my top three favorite genres of all time, this show shows you exactly why. Within this show, we are now finally into the second season, second part, where Chise, who is our main character, who is a redheaded younger girl, and Elias, who is a magical being entity who has almost a skull of a head that looks like of an ox or something, they are the two main characters, and the story starts with Elias purchasing Chise at an auction. Crazy start to the story, but the best part about it too is, you get to watch how these two characters not only start to understand how life is, but they're basically two children, in adult forms almost, trying to learn how to live. And if anybody knows me by now, or understands why I have such an asphyxiation with so many of these certain type of shows and genre, Ancient Magus Bride did it for me. Ancient Magus Bride somehow, some way, had the ability to grab the fantasy attributes and tie it into almost a Harry Potter type genre with magic, spellcrafting. Uh, they have all of these different type of creatures within this world too like chise she actually gets herself a puppy and the puppy that becomes her spirit her you know imprints on her her i guess it's called like her uh what is it called like not um like like a fairy but like a familiar this what used to be a human and the coolest part about this story too is not only is there a plethora of magic, not only is there indeptual amount of all of these different type of secondary characters, the storyline and all of these evil entities within it, some of the ones that are the, supposed to be the darkest ones like Joseph or Yosef who is supposed to be our antagonist in this show but he ends up being somebody you yearned for and hurt for, Chise becomes something I actually have started to embody myself after. Chise starts to develop herself into unconditional love. And within this show, there are so many times where she almost dies. There's so many times where she almost gave up on her own life because she was given a gift that isn't normal to a lot of people. Just like we talked about with Ginkgo and Mushishi that could see the Mushi and nobody else really could see it. She sees these magical creatures that are all around us. And it kind of destroyed her childhood. There were these dark, really scary looking entities coming after her because she could see them. It's really crazy. It's like Miryaku-chan. If anybody has seen that newer type horror anime where Miryaku basically sees all these goose goblins and demons, but she can't act like she sees them. Well, Chise sees them and they chase her. So it created a very terrible childhood for her that actually destroyed her family and really destroyed it when I mean destroyed it. She was left alone. She was an orphan. And in doing so, she almost gave up on life, which is where Elias steps in and purchases her when you see how. But trust me when I say this, this story is so beautifully told. 
There's one thing I love above everything else, and that is character progression, character evolution, and character devolvement and depiction of growth itself, but expanding it past broad spectrums of what we are so accustomed to. This show did it uniquely. This show is going to only teach, not only teach you unconditional love, compassion for friend, foe, and self, and also a plethora of a beautifully designed world where you're going to meet the cat king, the cat queen. What? There's a cat queen? Yes. There are so many cool characters. Just be ready to go on to a, a magical ride and really get that feel if you're somebody who ever loved the Harry Potter type genre into an anime setting that's almost based on fantasy and the beauty of magic and compassion. I love this show, and it's two seasons in. Most of these shows you can find on Crunchyroll that we're talking about tonight. Some of them are Netflix exclusives or wherever else it may be. But Ancient Magus Bride, any of y'all who know me right now, you know this is one of my favorite shows. And the fact that it's on my top 10 favorite animes already, only two seasons in, let's just say off the first season it made its place very well known. Now, let's continue. At number seven, chuka, 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 Samurai Champlow. A lot of people have the fun argument here with which one is better. And it all comes down to preference. Cowboy Bebop, Samurai Champlow. Same creators, same score directors, everything is the same. The only difference is one is Cowboys in Space. The other is Edo period Samurais with hip hop. And culture. The reason why I personally think that I am so pulled to Samurai Champlo out of all of those other type of genres of shows, especially when you do the verses of Cowboy Bebop and Samurai Champlo, I loved the trinity of Mugen, Jin, and Fu. If you have never seen Samurai Shampoo, I'll just tell you this. This is another episodic show that captured me perfectly. It's very hard to keep my attention when I am so beyond busy. I'm talking about I make time to find time within the little time to make more time. And to give me a show that not only makes me want to binge it, but gives me a show that every time if I take a pause or a moment away from it, it still captures my attention. And I didn't miss much because I can continue the story where I left off. Samurai Shamplo is a beautifully told show. If you're somebody who loves the Edo period or somebody who loves Samurais, this one hit me. I've always been infatuated. I grew up watching it with my dad. Samurai movies, especially the Kung Fu, martial arts. There's a reason why Bruce Lee is my only mentor I've ever looked up to. The only one. You guys can name everybody out the moon and back. Bruce Lee is the only guy who figured it out. It must be like water. Form to the cup. If water's in a cup, it becomes a cup. If water's in a bowl, it becomes the bowl. Be like water. You can flow or you can crash. Same premise within Samurai Champlo. There is such a multitude of story being told. The bad boy aspect from Mugen, a pirate samurai who has no respect for anybody but himself, but is such a more like moronic guy at some points where he's just so dead focused on just battle and just going to whatever he wants, just living life, you know, young, wild and free. And then you have Jin and Jin is a very proper. He is a taught prestigiously samurai that comes from one of the most distinguished dojos in all the land but the thing that happens somebody may be his teacher and in doing so he gets blamed for the cause 
And now, not only do you get introduced to these two main samurai characters, but they get thrown into this concoction with Fu, who is this girl who is just searching for the samurai who smells of sunflowers. And uh, if anybody's wondering, sunflowers don't have a smell. I'm just saying. Sorry to spoil it there for you. There's no smell. <laughs> it's a fun ride. I haven't been introduced to a trio like this that I really found myself gallivanting with feeling a part of their crew, and really finding myself at times deciding, who did I like more? Am I more of a gin guy today? Am I somebody who's trying to be proper, to carry themselves with all of this lust and compassion for the benefit of justice, and being able to sensuate myself above the rest and show them I can lead a certain way? Or do I just want to be a bad boy that day and just be like Mugen? F it all, just going to go get what I want, forget my diet, forget working out, I'm just going to do me, baby. I just want to do it. This show's dope, man. Like, and don't even get me started on the fact that this show, and I quite literally mean this show itself, was one of the first animes to perfectly splice Edo period samurais with hip hop. Like, do y'all really fathom that? They were literally the Reese's Pieces before Reese's Pieces. Like, they took peanut butter and they also took chocolate and made it what it was. They took jelly and peanut butter, made it PB&J. They took samurais and hip hop and made one of the best shows I've seen to my day. I promise y'all when you watch this, most people again, and it does hurt to say this, most people only highlight Cowboy Bebop. And I understand that. Spike Spiegel, the space aspect, I get it. People like it. I'm cool with it. I just personally think if you ask me which one was better, Samurai Champlo did it for me. You're going to go on for a ride. It's a fun, quick watch. It's episodic. It's only one season. And the best part is, too, again, it has the old hand-drawn animation style that I look for as somebody. I know most people are very intoxicated now with the new updated animation styles we have. But personally, I really do think that we are overlooking the beauty of what we used to have, which is just having hand-drawn animation because... Y'all really don't know this, but that took a long time to do. And now we're moving into an era of artificial intelligence that's going to be basically making animes for all of us. Enjoy what we had. Go watch some of the bangers from the past. Now to recap real quick before we move forward, shout outs to everybody on Twitch and TikTok who's watching right now the live podcast recording. We do live simulcast podcast recordings every single Sunday and also Shallow Oceans on Saturdays. We have at number 10, Steinsgate. Number nine, Mushishi. Number eight, Ancient Magus Bride. And at number seven, Samurai Champlo. Time to continue with the top six animes in my first ever top 10 Senpai's favorite anime shows of all time. Now at number six, Death Note. There is a lot of hate that comes to Death Note for no appropriate reason. We talked about this before we started recording the show tonight about how much hate Sword Art Online gets. And it is unbeknownst to me how so many people can hate on a show without ever justifying the reason for why they hate. And now I really mean this when I say this. Think about this from a perspective of a multitude of reasons, right? Like really think about this too. Why is it that within Death Note, Every single time, and I literally mean every single time, somebody tries to talk to me about why they don't like Death Note, they always say after the halfway point and L, uh, you know, has his moment, everybody says the show falls off. 
do you guys not understand the point of why certain shows build up to a certain way? Have we never taken a literature class? Have we never been able to write our own stories? Do we not understand the purpose of a climax? The antithesis of the story. And then you have the downfall to the resolution, right? The descent into a resolution. The climax of Death Note, yes, was what? What happened to L? Okay? If y'all don't know what I'm talking about, Death Note is a show that's based on probably the most high IQ associated mind game show you will ever watch in your life. There is a main character in this show by the name of Light Yagami. He is literally a boy genius. Think of him as Aristotle, Socrates, Da Vinci, whoever you want, right? This kid is literally a super genius. And in this story, he comes across something that falls from the sky as he's in class one day called a death note. And it is in the arms of Violet Evergarden in this new tattoo piece I have. When the book falls and Light picks it up, he instantly finds that this is not a joke, that this book literally will anybody and take out anybody that you write their name down and have their mind in, or their name in your mind, right? The crazy thing, though, about this show is you really have a hard time arguing what light sees, right? We all live in this life together. We all see the world we're living in. We all see the deep-rooted nastiness that humans really have and how we can take things to such a dirty extreme. It almost takes away from the light. And there's a lot of people who also say that misery loves company. There's also a lot of people who say ignorance is bliss. So that means if you're somebody who furthers themselves into intellect and into the reality of the world we live in, would you be able to not turn into the attributes of like Light Yagami did, where he sees the world as a parasite? He sees people as just the just robustness, the scum of the earth, the cockroaches. Nobody's doing anything and nobody's bettering anything. We're just destroying and taking everything. Well, probably not the best guy to get a death note, but he did. And in doing so, he develops a type of God complex and turns himself into Kira. And in doing so, he starts doing his own set standard of justice to the entire world. And in doing so, that's where our hero, or both kind of whatever way you look at it, antagonist comes in, which is called L. L is a super detective, and now the story consists of Kita Laiyagami using his death note against the super intelligent L trying to find a way to capture him and to show who this L is and why they are killing people. What an insane ride. I still defend it to this day, and I will always defend it till my dying day. Halfway into Death Note, the story is just as good on the descent to the resolution. When you get introduced to Nero and all the other characters and everything that happens, you get to see now Light Yagami have complete full range of the entire world and what happens to him? It becomes his downfall. The story is beautifully told. It's the only show to this day that I have ever seen somebody take a potato chip from a bag and just blow it out of proportion. Like, honestly, one of the coolest shows. And 
to have that music playing underneath light as he's sitting there. He's like, all right, Al, I've got you. You'll sit there and try to see and watch me from my room as I'm doing my homework. But at the same time, I have a little TV in my potato chip bag and a little paper that I'm writing the names of all criminals you're showing as it looks like I'm an innocent teenager simply doing his homework. Watch me, Elle. <laughs> I'll take a chip and eat it. Just watch me, Elle. I'll solve equations with my right hand and write names with my left. I'll take a potato chip and eat it. What a good show. I really don't care what anybody else says about it. We're all entitled to our opinion, and we can all love shows a certain way we like and watch. Death Note to this day, and I'm pretty sure to the end of my days, is going to be one of my all-time favorite shows. I love Death Note. I love the transition it goes into in the second half. The music changes. He just becomes demonic in a sense, and... You see how now Misa Misa and this little henchman guy he brings in end up being his downfall. So this show was unique. Again, it's a certain type of style that makes me think. And you're starting to get a little bit more of a depiction of my type of characteristics. And what I look for in shows, this show, bellissimo. Now let's go to the top five before we get out of here tonight. And again, I thank you all for being here. This is the top 10 Senpai's favorite anime shows. At number 10 was Steins Gate. At number 9, Mushishi. At number 8, Ancient Magus Bride. At number 7, Samurai Champlo. At number 6, Death Note. And at number 5, we have none other than Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. Full Alchemist Brotherhood, FMBA, <laughs> is still the greatest anime I've ever seen in my life. Now, as I mentioned, and I will reiterate it here, just because a show is one of your favorite shows, does not need to be also one of the greatest shows you've ever seen. This is the greatest show I've ever seen, and it's only at number five on my list. That says a lot. Don't get me wrong. I had an absolute blast watching this from start to finish. But there's a lot of things with the other four shows we're going to talk about that you'll understand why I have them above Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. Now, I've talked about it so much, I don't need to go into too much extent about it. Everybody has probably seen this show, and if you haven't, please get on it as soon as you can and make yourself accustomed to one of the greatest shows ever made. Full Alchemist Brotherhood has one of the most heartfelt stories of the two brothers trying to find a way to regain their body after they do one of the most demonstrous things and go against the law of physics and even the equivalent exchange and try to bring their mother back from the dead, which is a big no-no. And in doing so, one lost his entire body, the other his arm and his leg. The adventure they go on, the deep-rooted conspiracy within itself, within the governmental standpoint, the wars and the agony that is created for all of this, the reason why Philosopher's Stones are so sought after, and the point of why Father has removed his sins in general, and what these sins are doing, and the ultimatum of what Edward is faced with, with his own powers and his brother's future, oh my effing God. I am somebody who has said before, and I still mean it to this day, Shonen should not be the number one anime marketplace. There's so much more out there. But this Shonen, <laughs> I can't argue and I understand why it is one of the best shows and in my opinion, the best show ever made. Do yourself a favor, go watch Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. I loved it. I loved it. I love the bond they have as brothers. I love the future setting of the story about how they show you with alchemy and how everything takes something, equivalent exchange, something we really don't process in this life that well. Well done. 
Shout out to this show again. I'm super excited for more people to become privy to it. And if anybody ever tells you they've seen this show and they don't like it, question them as an anime fan. That's all I'll say. At number four, Neon Genesis Evangelion. Neon Genesis is still one of the shows that not only mind alterly effed me sideways as I was laying down, this show took the entire series and threw it away for the ending and said, none of that matters. Who are you? Shinji, why are you here? What is the purpose of all of this, Shinji? And why do you still have a hard time accepting yourself? This show is so deep. The fact that the ending sequence literally pissed off so many people and they were so upset because they were so ingrained to the physical attributes of this life saying, well, what do you mean? The, the mechs had nothing. The angels had no purpose. The whole world was not even a fraction other than the outside imagination of Shinji trying to complexualize his own personal persona of acceptance. Yeah. What's so hard to understand that most of these writers, producers, directors, people who are creating a story for us, a lot of them are expressing their own personal attributes within an animation form. That's why anime, and I've said this and I'll keep saying it, anime is one of the greatest marketplaces in the entire world. Do you know why? Because of not only the worlds they build, but the complexity of the stories that are connected to every single one of them. This is by far one of the most mind-altering shows I've ever seen in my life. I truly mean this when I say this. If you guys have never stopped to watch Neon Genesis, I really pity you. I really do. Because Neon Genesis, to this day, has altered the mindset of how I not only view the world, but my own self. And to have an anime do that? You tell me. I know most people's lives are tough. I know we're in a weird state of the world right now. I know so much is going on. But all the time, we're always focused on things outside of self. The mech battles. The angels invading. My relationship with my father. I don't know about this. I don't know. It's always you. You are everything. That's what this show is about. It's so deep, it's literally an art piece. There's a part in this show where Shinji is in his mech, holding one of the angels in his hand, spoiler alert, about to off this guy, right? And it takes almost a minute, passing of time with one set shot and music playing in the background before it moves forward. Do you know how poetic that is? This show is an art piece. And again, I know a lot of people want to just shut off their brains after a hard day, watch Todoroki throw some fire and ice, watch ah, Luffy throw a gum gum punch. I get it, dude. I understand. But sometimes I really tell you guys and gals and family members here with Senpai, challenge yourself a little bit more. Go back and watch this show with an open mind and really understand that Shinji is a reflection of self and understanding do you look at your own reflection? Beautiful story. To this day, to this day, this is still one of my all-time favorite animes. Now, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls of all age, it's time we finally get to the top three animes that I have ever seen in my life. You guys ready for this? I don't know if y'all are ready. The top three of my all-time favorite animes 
I have a feeling that my loyal day one fans and the people that have been here for a long time, they know. You guys know. My all-time favorite animes. At number three is Spice and Wolf. Spice and Wolf probably has done more for me than I physically can explain to all of you. And no, it didn't touch me or anything. Okay, <laughs> calm down. <laughs> but Spice and Wolf instantly grabbed me and became my first for a lot of things. Spice and Wolf is my first tattoo. Tolo the Wise Wolf. Spice and Wolf is my first completed manga light novel series. Behind my head, over the bed over there. Spice and Wolf is my first Blu-ray DVD collection. Spice and Wolf is my first uh, offshoot subdivision side genre story called Wolf and Parchment, where I have the complete series. Spice and Wolf is my first ever collection of voice actor autographs. Spice and Wolf is the first anime that got me to go off of my ledge and to literally proactively become a pastor of a church preaching the gospel of Lawrence and Holo the Wise Wolf. Spice and Wolf is him, Himothy. He is that person. Like, honestly, there's a reason, and I mean this everybody in here. Hi, welcome in again, everybody. There's a reason why Spice and Wolf is not only a cult classic, but it's coming back. They've already announced that they are remaking it and rebooting it, keeping the old school animation style, but with a new modern touch on it. Y'all, Spice and Wolf is... It's the life I wish I could have lived. Do you ever have that? Do you guys ever watch a show and just wish you could have been in that life? I'm never envious of anybody, but if you ever asked me for an anime setting that I could live within, I wish I could have been Lawrence. And I could have been a traveling merchant, disconnected from all of technology. And I know how ironic that sounds because I'm using technology to talk to all of you. It's just a modern day setting. Trust me, if I could have traveled and told my stories, your boy would have been a traveler. But to be a traveling merchant and to stumble across a deity, the fox deity, the harvest god Holo, and to not only form a friendship, a partnership, but eventual relationship and getting to experience the vast multitude and depth of the world and the actual interactions with friends, family, business associates, the treks that it leads to, and the good, wholesome banter they have along the entirety of the way. Like, oh man, I mean this when I say this. Spice and Wolf, everybody, is probably going to forever be one of my favorite animes ever made. It's just, it hits, it hits at home. Just like I'll forever have love for Sword Art Online and how Sword Art introduced me to so much more within the anime world after I fell out for so long, Spice and Wolf stapled for me, animes for me. Did you ever have that anime? Did you guys ever have that moment where you were watching a certain anime show and it hit so well for you, whether it be Code Geass or One Piece or Naruto or Dragon Ball or, you know, Reincarnate as a Slime, whatever it is. Did you all have that one show you watch where you just knew right then and there? This is for me, man. Like, this is it. This is what I could have wanted without even knowing I needed it. Welcome to Spice and Wolf. It's beautiful. Simple, simplistic, fantasy, slice of life mixed in with economics. The show is based on economics. Crazy. I love it. I forever will always hold a place in my heart. Now, the top two 
And I'm sure a lot of people are wondering, well, then what else could be there if you already had Spice and Wolf there? There's two other shows that I preach about that are, without a doubt, my top two favorite all-time animes. At number two is Vinland Saga. I never thought within my multitude of years of watching anime and the hundreds upon hundreds of shows I've watched, I never thought a seinen would take my attention and change every opinion I've ever, ever had on animes and put it into a direction I never thought was possible. Vinland Saga is the greatest seinen I've ever seen in my life. Vinland Saga also has one of the greatest secondary characters ever created. Thor's. Thorfinn, our main character, his father. He is on a level of Kamina from Gurren Lagann, a character who is so pronounced and so important that even after everything has completed and they have made their departure from the show, they are still prevalently focused and still of importance within the entirety of the show. Thorfinn, there's so many people who have hated on Farmland Saga. It's honestly sad that it, it happens all the time. I feel like a lot of shows just turn into some kind of social media shtick rather than everybody really focusing on the importance of what they are trying to show you. So Vinland Saga is based in a Viking setting and it's all based on these crazy, just yoked out of their mind guys fighting to the death to go to Valhalla. And in doing so, you get introduced to a story of a young boy seeking revenge. And in doing so, as our antagonist is named Ashkelad, who turns out to be the greatest character in that first season, ends up becoming something so much more. And then the second season, where Thorfinn now has to find his reason, his purpose for life, why his father was even chasing to become a true warrior, we get introduced to one of the coolest stories ever shown. And the ending of season two, by the way, with Canute and Thorfinn, setting up for what's to come, and how Thorfinn literally took a hundred punches to get to Canute. Ladies and gentlemen, this show is about to be one of the all-time greatest shows ever made. I already know. I know it's going to get better and better and better. You heard it here first. Just remember, the show is it. I love it. It's something unique. It's something different. You've come to find out a lot of the shows I like take me away from a different modern-day setting and bring me back to something that seems more authentic, more real, and more love, more life. I love it, man. And especially a show based on Vikings fighting to the death. Whoo, man. Just be ready for a ride. And of course, at number one, Violet Evergarden. Not only is it the most recent tattoo piece I have in my anime waifu sleeve right now that I'm working on, as you guys can see, Violet Evergarden, to this day, is the greatest character development show I have ever seen. I don't care how many hundreds of episodes people preach by with One Piece. I don't care about Naruto. I don't care about any of those other shows. Violet Evergarden, within a one-season spurt, not only captivated the world, a Netflix-exclusive show, by the way, that now has multiple movies, multiple OVAs, and literally has captured the audience's attention within the first freaking episode. Violet becomes 
a living, breathing person, understanding love, affection, compassion, empathy, and traveling to so many different families on an episodic span uh, and helping them do so many things because she is a memories doll. And she writes letters to capture the love and affection everybody feels to share with those that are close to them. What an effing story. I never thought, if you guys asked me, two, three years ago, when I started getting really into content creation, doing the Weeb Nation stuff with my old co-host, if you guys asked me back then, would I fall in love with a show like Violet Evergarden? I would have laughed. I would have said, there's no way. Like, that doesn't sound like my kind of show. There's no effing way. That's before Spice and Wolf. That's before any of this, right? I found myself even more pronouncedly set in stone and looking for shows that give me character development over anything else. And I know it sounds crazy. I know it sounds weird to say that because you would assume most shows have to be based on character growth, right? Not realistically. A lot of shows are based on drama, based on action, based on, uh, you could say, like the overall animation style. Look at Demon Slayer. Demon Slayer is literally the anime of COVID. And it turned into an empire. It literally launched its manga sales and everything to a height unobtainable by anything else. Shouts to Netflix for taking it. And shouts for their overabundantly sell and animation style. I'm sure you guys have seen all the fire breathing, water breathing, all that. It's not real. It's not there. They animate it so you can see it. That is why I have so much love for shows who do so much more with so much less. Like, have you guys ever had that feeling, by the way, too? Have you guys ever had that moment where you're trying to cook some dinner or go do something with somebody and you didn't have enough money, but you made it work with what you had and it was that much better because you accomplished something? Making a dinner entree with not the right ingredients, but you used what you had and you felt better because you had it. It's the same thing for me with certain shows. When I go to a show and I don't expect a lot because I don't think there's much there and it ends up transpiring into such a beautifully told story, that's when I find the place I want to be. And that's why I know when I look back at all of my favorite shows I've ever seen, shows a lot of my character. It really does. And that's why I challenge all of you to do your own top tens because I feel you will find a way to find more of yourself. So to wrap it up, uh, my top 10 favorite shows of all time. 10, we had Steinsgate. Number nine, Mushishi. Number eight, Ancient Magus Bride. Number seven, Samurai Shampoo. Samurai Shampoo. Number six, Death Note. Number five, Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood, FMBA. Number four, Neon Genesis Evangelion. Number three, Spice and Wolf. Number two, Vinland Saga. And number one, Violet Evergarden. It's safe to say, within the world of animation style itself, in the ever-growing world of anime, I'll say this real quick. There were so many shows I left off that hurt my heart. And I'm going to name a few right now for all of you. Fruits Basket, Code Geass, those two right there really hurt not getting them in in time. There's a lot others that come to mind that I'm going to stop because I know it's going to make a big conversation, but there's a reason why. I'll tell you again, when you think about your favorite top 10 animes of all time, it's a reflection of who you are. Now, trust me, a lot of the shows that I'm sure a lot of you are mentioning or thinking about that I haven't talked about, I promise you... A lot of those are probably going to be in my upcoming top 10 greatest animes ever made. I'll give you one right now. Fruits Basket. Fruits Basket is the greatest slice of life I've ever seen. It is a remake and it is done perfectly. I promise when I say this, you are going to be shocked at the top 10 greatest animes I have. 
But just know, your favorites don't have to be the greatest. Do you know that on my top 10 favorite anime list, I almost put Domestic Girlfriend. Do you know why? Because of how much that show did for me and how intoxicating it was. So remember this, and this is a very big provenant thing, and why I love doing this podcast and content creation for all of you guys is that it creates a world where we can all grow together. And remember, a top 10 list does not make it the definitive best shows in the world, but those ones aren't to me. And that shows you something new to watch for yourself. And in doing so, you might find shows now that you might fall in love just from me simply explaining to you why I had so much love for it, why I had so much compassion, and why those shows did something so unique no other show could have done it for me. And that's why I love them so much. So now, as we wrap up this podcast, I'm so glad that you guys gave me a moment of your time to really see the depth of my show viewership and also the type of influx of what I look for in every anime I watch. And the best part is, you guys now all know what to look forward to with the expectations of what I classify as certain type of standard of viewership. It's always an abundant amount of fun, and it's one of the greatest things to do is always seeing where we're at. And I went back and looked, everybody, at my previous top 10 list I did last year. Uh, SAO's not on that list anymore. Kind of crazy. <laughs> that was one of my first love of back into anime, so it's really cool. I challenge all of you again, join the Discord. We have a great family in there, and give me your top 10 list. I want to know what your favorite top 10s are, because it doesn't have to be the greatest shows you've ever seen. I know shoutouts to Nine on the Twitch family. One of his favorite top 10s is Boku no Pico. I question who he is. He's on the Child Protective Services watch list, but he still has his own individual love for a show. <laughs> you know, that's okay. We all got love. Also, shoutouts to Drifting Dragons in the Twitch family, aka Space Cowboy. He put me onto a show for the fan review called Drifting Dragons. I question his type of stand. I really don't understand what he saw in a show that's based on whaling with dragons, but I love him anyways. <laughs> and I love all of you guys too. So know that this is here forever. We record live podcasts every single Sunday on Twitch and TikTok, and it's a constant growth of evolution of the show to see where my mind goes, to see what I get into, to see what I dive into, and just to see what good, natural fun we come across. Because again, that's the best part of this, is we're just trying to have fun and talk about anime. Don't be upset at anything I say. My opinion's just better than yours. That's all it is. But I love you guys so much. So expect next week again, we'll have a Shallow Oceans late recording after the tattoo session. If it doesn't go too late, or I'll just do back-to-back double features on Sundays, and as well as another Anime Senpai podcast, this is it. This is the future, and I'm glad for all of you guys to be here. So make sure you guys like and subscribe on all major platforms. You can listen to the podcast anywhere and everywhere, and make sure you follow me on all social media platforms because we are going to have a lot of fun doing so much more with the little bit that we got. So stay tuned for next week. A lot more fun is coming your way. Thank you for giving me a moment of your time and listening, and above all else, making sure you continue to watch anime your way. Anime Senpai, out. Oh,